0: from beach towels to tea towels and from mugs to water bottles the tnt shop has it all browse our shop now at tntradio.live you're listening to germ warfare with jeremy Nell on today's news talk
1: radio tnt germ warfare at tntradio.live it's my email address as always thank you for the emails always appreciate knowing where in the world you are messaging me from It's a bit cooler today. 28 degrees Celsius here in Cape Town at the bottom tip of the African continent. It's been very hot the last few days. I think Greta Thunberg will be very happy to know that we've had some very hot weather um, because she doesn't like cold weather. She is petrified of of you know anything other than global boiling uh, because otherwise her narrative falls apart. So it is a little bit cooler. We had some rain last night and uh, really really enjoying the sub 30 degree temperatures for my American listeners. I don't know what that is in Fahrenheit. I think around about 70 or 75 thereabouts, I think. I don't know what the calculation is. I can never remember. It's like what multiplied by 2 minus 10 or add 5. I don't know. Whatever it is. Um, Jump into the live chat as always. uh, Say hi. And if you are watching via the video feed, it's a great pleasure to, uh, to, to have you joining us. Uh, TNT's website's got all the links where you can find the downloads after the show, the videos, sound bites, all that sort of thing. But for now, Alex and Joel and I will be with you for the next hour. My name is Germ. This is Germ Warfare, the Battle of Ideas.
0: It's the stuff. What citizen wouldn't want to make American great again? People are talking about. It's vilifying MAGO. It's just not going to work. Today's News Talk Radio,
2: TNT.
1: We tried last week and we had a technical glitch, so here we go again. Larry Sanger, thank you for joining me in the trenches.
2: Hello. I am good to be on with you.
1: I see. Uh, Alex has told me the temperature in Fahrenheit is 86, where I am I. So it's a little bit warmer than I thought. Is that is that a good temperature, your side of the world?
2: Um, That's, that's a little on the warm side for Ohio anyway. <laughs> <laughs> a little bit. <laughs>
1: um yeah larry so i mean i think people know you as the co-founder of wikipedia but i mean before we talk about that what's your background
2: well um all of my college degrees are in philosophy so philosopher by training i grew up in alaska um and uh i like to play irish traditional music i've got uh, Couple of boys, which are homeschooled. One of them about to go to college. Um, so, yeah. I mean, and now I'm working on on uh, something called the Knowledge Standards Foundation. We're building basically a way to network all of the encyclopedias in the world together um, to to make a, a sort of um, super wikipedia a a a collection of all the encyclopedias essentially
1: okay so let's go back a little bit in time why did you create wikipedia and i
2: suppose what is it well i mean there's different ways of answering that question i mean first of all i was hired uh, for the job of starting something called newpedia which was the predecessor of wikipedia by Jimmy Wales's uh, company, um, bombus, a lot of these details are like um, most people wouldn't wouldn't know about, but Wikipedia mm-hmm. actually emerged out of a for-profit uh, company, and it was itself originally going to be for profit. Now, that isn't what I would have said. The purpose was the purpose. Was simply to try to engage as many people in the world to make the world's biggest encyclopedia, um, and one that one that is absolutely free because it's written by volunteers in a sort of open source way. You know, people have probably heard open source software like Linux and and uh, Apache and whatnot. Um, well, this does for content. It does for encyclopedias in, in particular. Um, what open source software does for software, so that's the that was the vision. Uh,
1: but then what happened?
2: Well, that's um, a that's <laughs> another good question. I mean, a lot of things happened. Um, I think it was essentially taken over. The project was essentially taken over by people who recognized its propaganda value, um, and uh, and they used it for that purpose um, but there's a lot more to be said I mean really mm. what do you want to talk about really is the question I mean um one could talk about the the how Wikipedia began in its first years by being fairly neutral fairly neutral um to um within I would say five years being uh ha- having a a decided left lean but still fairly neutral to where it is now where it is um at least on you know socio-political topics very very much on the left yeah I
1: remember uh when it when it came out it was very exciting at the time and I I remember everybody saying no this can't work when everybody can edit it uh you know things can go horribly wrong and would you mind explaining to me how how you envisioned that model to work the the idea that everybody sure. can edit it
2: yeah um well it's at least as far as that goes it's uh, something that I still believe in um the wiki model is very robust the the basic premise is that when you open up a web page to be edited by anyone, and you give them a tool to revert the edit to a previous edit easily, um, it turns out there are more people, a lot more people, who are willing to make positive edits to a page than are uh, than than want to just mess around, you know do uh, vandalism or or you know naughty words and or, or just uh make the whole thing go off the rails in other words people they want to cooperate to a certain mm-hmm. extent at a basic level um it's just that uh, um, that the problems that occur occur due to other people taking advantage of the the dynamic that actually works but the di- the basic dynamic certainly works it's it's because people um by nature believe it or not um want to cooperate when they're given mm. a, a simple straightforward task like editing text on a page
1: yeah i agree with i mean i agree with that uh, a decentralized knowledge i suppose is always superior to centralized knowledge i remember at the time thinking i mean uh, the old school encyclopedia was was put together by a handful of people what every year and we would have to trust them and I remember thinking well I mean a million people are certainly more reliable than 10.
2: (laughs) right well I mean it it stands to reason I suppose it's just that when it when it looks like there are a million people able to edit the page it it will inevitably turn out that it's really only 10. (laughs) in other words You can have a lot of people; they're able to make edits to the page, but once it becomes big and important enough, there are bound to be gatekeepers, and uh, that is certainly what has happened with Wikipedia.
1: Yeah, I noticed that uh, a few years ago. Uh, I there was some information on, so somebody created a page about me, and it's still there, but it's 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 terrible. And I remember uh-huh. going onto it a few years ago to try and edit it. Uh, so I went and edited my own information, and oh. it was reverted, and it was reverted to the original information, and I was given a message, or there was a message that appeared saying that I'm vandalizing the page, and that I, I would be blocked temporarily. <laughs> and, I, and then I said, but this is me. I'm the person. And they said, well, you'll need to prove that. And then I suddenly realized this seems, this seems like a very interesting conundrum to be in.
2: And and they didn't walk back their claim that you were vandalizing your own page. (laughs) No, they just, it just
1: stayed (laughs) like
2: that. You would expect them to apologize or something like that, right? Um, But no, this is, this is, uh, they're very manipulative, unfortunately. There is a, there's a a toxic uh, atmosphere among the, the overseers, um, for lack of a better word on Wikipedia. And yes, one of, the, one of the things that they do for sure um, is basically make you jump through a lot of hoops if you want to do any, any work on any page that anybody cares about. If you want to go and, and edit some some pages about plants or about some obscure literature or whatever, then maybe maybe they won't care. Is it that open source style or protocol that
1: led a lot of universities to reject Wikipedia? Because I remember a number of years ago, uh, there was still the stigma that Wikipedia is terribly unreliable. And so therefore you cannot use it as a a source of information, which which also made no sense because the sources would be cited at the bottom of the page. But I mean, does that still stand today, do you think?
2: I think so. I think um, it it really depends on on the professor. Some professors, um, I don't know how common this is anymore. They'll actually Mm -hmm. have students go and edit Wikipedia. So they they support the Model, but they do not support the um, their students using it as a source in itself. So you in this and and besides, I mean, especially if you're we're talking about college work, um, you don't cite encyclopedias mm. in college level work. You you cite um, primary sources. Uh, mm. An encyclopedia is a secondary, a tertiary source. Actually, in the case of Wikipedia. Um, and, uh, so it's, um, and, and that's, that's for the most part, I think, I don't think that would have changed too much, but as I say, I, I think, in in the beginning there were several strikes against wikipedia i mean there was the fact that it wasn't it was actually neutral and so there were viewpoints expressed that that uh, the professors would have been surprised to to see it's like wow they're actually saying that about the federal reserve or they're saying that about global warming that um and um they allow that to be said and that that would be that would make it less popular. But I think mostly it's just the fact that it's not edited by by experts and, you know, um, professors are very, very elitist when it comes to, you know, choosing the sources for their uh, well, for for what they want their students to learn from, elitist is the wrong word. Of course, it's they have standards.
1: Mm. So I suppose what I'm trying to trying to get to here is I'm I'm creating a context because I want to I want to figure out what is it that led to the very obvious slide into, a, shall we say, legacy leftism or woke uh political correctness i mean everything about wikipedia today is is wrong and i'm trying to figure out maybe you can help me what what happened how did how did that occur
2: i would actually describe it as more more than left or politically correct is establishment and this is it, it is very unusual um initially i like even in the first year um I was doing battle with people who were trying to make articles speak with with a a definite left-wing point of view. Um now it isn't necessarily the the interests and the biases of the left that are reflected. It's the establishment left or just the establishment in general. Um and uh so I so what's the question exactly?
1: No, no, I was just asking uh, how do you think that slide happened what what happened how did that yeah
2: i mean how
1: did that evolve
2: well i i think that um i think that the that the establishment so um and and by that one could mean any number of different things but certainly lots of of um college professors and uh graduate students and i actually think probably um any number of people in the intelligence community um PR yeah. people they recognized it fairly early on as a, an institution that needs to be marched marched through you've heard of the um you know the the long march through the institutions it's a phrase um of the new left uh, the idea being that what we, uh, what what uh, the left needs to do, what communists need to do, if they want to um, win the long war with capitalism, is to uh, slowly, gradually, inexorably capture every single one of the institutions. Um, and that would certainly include publishing. And, well, Wikipedia was emblematic of a new kind of publishing. And... Um, and so very early on, uh, the, the first two articles that were um, written about Wikipedia were in, of all things, the New York Times. I mean, before any blog, before anything, right? The New York Times and uh, MIT's, um, what was it called? Uh, technology Review. So... I mean, go figure. Uh, I I actually uh, conjecture and I don't have any any solid proof. I have a very little solid proof. I a little bit um, that that uh, spy agencies dominate. But I don't think uh, I'm not sure. Um, but why wouldn't they is, is really the argument, because mm. it's their job. If they weren't yeah. doing that, they wouldn't be doing their job. I mean, they, they say that um, Spycraft now is uh, in in information warfare. That's that's what they say it is. It's a battle for hearts, battle for hearts and minds. And it it is a battle to control the narrative at this point. Um, And, uh, you know, what easier and more convenient way to to do that than on Wikipedia? You know it's an yep. open website anybody can go and learn and play the game all they have to do is capture the people who are already dominant
1: larry sanger don't go anyway. i'll be back with you shortly my name is germ this is tnt
2: TNT's
1: Misty
0: Winston. She says, How is anyone still talking about October 7th? What Israel has done since October 7th is many times worse than what happened on that day by any conceivable metric. The only way to feel otherwise is to believe Israeli lives are worth many times more than Palestinian lives. How is Israeli suffering still being centered over vastly less significant acts of violence three months ago, while ex- exponentially worse violence and suffering is being inflicted by Israelis right this very moment? If your nation is attacked and you respond to that attack by immediately murdering thousands of children with incredible savagery, then you forfeit any right to expect anyone to give a shit that your nation was attacked. Israel responded to the Hamas attack by doing something much, much worse than anything Hamas has ever done. And in doing so, completely delegitimizing itself as a state and completely validating everything the Palestinian resistance has been saying about the state of Israel since day one.
1: Misty Winston on today's News Talk
0: TNT. The challenges our planet's animals are facing sometimes feel a bit heavy. The animals haven't eaten in a day, two days. They haven't drank anything. They're cold. They're dehydrated.
2: As soon as we started our descent, everywhere I could see was mud—just
0: absolutely mud. You know, the country has been in prolonged drought for so long, it was like a tinderbox waiting to go up. Okay, very heavy. Each of us wants to be part of the solution, and we can be. Remember that there's good happening right now at home. All right, we were able to get into your unit and we have all four of your
2: cats. Boot
0: so, uh... uh, Okay. And around the world for any animal in any disaster. So let's focus on that, right? Be part of the solution. One rescue at a time. Search ifa.org forward slash disaster ready. Internet, internet, a stream online. TNT Radio Live,
1: today's news talk radio. TNT. Just uh, as a matter of trivia, for a bit of fun, Larry, what was the very first Wikipedia page ever?
2: Oh, I think it was just the a, a um, letter of the alphabet. Um, I mean, well, it would be it would be the main page, actually. That would be the, the first page at the first article, though. And um, I forget I, I, I'm sorry I don't have something funny to tell you. But it's, yeah.
1: <laughs> um, I suppose the problem with Wikipedia is, as you've pointed out, it's it's been taken over now by ideology. It's no longer about truth i mean you can see this if you go onto a page let's say about uh, robert f kennedy jr it's not at all fair or balanced uh i mean dare we even say alex jones you know or or anybody that's mildly controversial um it's just it just absolutely um you know it it taints them it it paints them with a brush that is obviously not based in in truth or facts Uh, how many people do you think these days, um, edit, actually edit Wikipedia?
2: Um, I haven't looked into it. Uh, I can give you ballpark numbers. Uh, I, I think that there are, well, there are like a million people who have accounts. Um, of those, uh, there are probably on the order of um, tens of thousands who have logged in and made at least one edit in the last year. The number of active editors, though, is more on on the uh, the order of about a thousand. Um, but I'm I'm don't quote me on that. I'm not too sure. And the number of uh, administrators is less. It's officially more, I believe, but it's uh, more than a thousand. I mean, um, but again, there's a fair bit of attrition there too. So yeah, it is a relatively small number of people who who are actively working on it. Um, so yes, there there are pages even even so that tend to be be whiskered uh, to to getting a little long in the tooth um, if nobody happens to be interested in them. It does happen.
1: Mm, so okay, so now if if Wikipedia is in the toilet uh what happens next where where to from here you you are working on on other projects now
2: I am um so well let's let's talk about that I I think there's two different ways of looking at the problem here um one is as a search problem um and one as an availability problem so let's actually talk about the the uh the avail what i call the availability problem um right now if you want an encyclopedia article on um a lot of topics wikipedia is pretty much the only game in town unless you want to you know, use a library website, and most people don't have access to a big academic library website that has access to a lot of specialized academic encyclopedias. Um, Wikipedia is pretty much the only free game in town. Um, so part of the, the uh, answer has to be, we need to start writing a lot more general encyclopedia articles and and i mean this literally there simply do not exist many articles um that wikipedia has in its long tail of articles right in other words you can find for maybe the the top 50,000 topics or so um you can find multiple articles on those topics but wikipedia has millions of articles and for most the vast majority even of those articles, it it is the only article that exists on the topic. So what I want to encourage people to do, and this is not to promote my project. This is to, to just like insert the idea in people's brain. You need to get out there and start if, especially if, if you don't like the Wikipedia article to write a better one and put it on your blog and just get it out there. Okay. Then the other problem is a, a search problem. There are, in fact, a lot of rather good encyclopedias that are not touted. Some of them are seem not to be noticed, noticed very much by any search engines. Um, and, uh, of course, this is notoriously true of a lot of blogs. You know, you can write a blog post and and none of it, it will never appear on the front page of any Google results. Um, and uh, so to solve that problem and and to to make a snapshot of all of the encyclopedias that is available um, for free in the world at a at a given time, we have developed something called the encyclosphere. Um, actually, w- what I want to say is the encyclosphere is a generic term, meaning the set of all encyclopedias. Right? So think of it, th- think of it, the encyclosphere. It's like the global collection of all of the encyclopedias. What we're doing is writing um, a standard like a you know how there is a an RSS standard for blogs, right? It's a technical standard that allows people to exchange blog posts. Well, we've written the ZWI we standard, the Zipped Wiki standard for encyclopedia articles, which enables um, us to exchange encyclopedia articles throughout our little network called the Encyclosphere. Um, a little bit growing and it's not little in the in the coverage. We've got uh, over two million articles represented from 65, um, 66 encyclopedias and counting. Um, And the the idea is that uh, when you've got all of those in one place, it's relatively easy for a decent programmer to write a search engine. So we actually do have um a couple uh completely independent platforms for searching over that collection and in fact the collection is built in a decentralized fashion too so um and the software that we use is open source so you, you can go to encyclosearch or encycloreader.org in both cases and uh, just get a, an idea of what the encyclosphere would look like um if it weren't controlled if it weren't filtered by google or duckduckgo or, or bing or whatever so um we, we're very we're very proud of our work so far um it is very useful already um but yeah we need more people involved especially to, more programmers to um to basically crawl all of the encyclopedias and and make sure they're always up to date our collection is always up to date
1: so okay wait if I'm following correctly it's the encyclosphere is essentially sort of all knowledge based based on encyclopedias that get searched and that and that would include even Wikipedia
2: it would, yes. Wikipedia is uh, is a subset of the encyclosphere, yeah. Mm-hmm. And and that the, sounds idea is, yeah, that sounds a lot more reliable. <laughs> it, well, it should be. You would think if if mm. humanity is capable of writing a better encyclopedia than Wikipedia, well, it would be included. And mm. um, we actually have tools uh, if you want to write in a. a WordPress blog post, for example, let's say you've got a WordPress WordPress blog just sitting around, um, you occasionally post to it, uh, you can actually write a an encyclopedia article, doesn't matter how long, um, in just the way that you want it to be, put it on your blog um, and then install our software and uh, push it to the encyclosphere and um, it will appear on Encyclosearch and Reader.
1: Now, what role does AI play?
2: Well, um, do you mean in the encyclosphere or just in, in um, uh, like, uh, reference work generally?
1: Um, I suppose both.
2: Yeah, well, okay. Um, well, let's begin with the the threat and the opportunity of AI in encyclopedias, just to begin with, because it's, it's really interesting. I wrote a blog post about this um, last spring. Um, it's on larrysanger.org called uh, uh, A Third Kind of um, Information Freedom or something like that. And um, basically the, the threat, the problem is uh, probably um, LLMs, large language models, the chatbots, essentially, um, are growing in sophistication. They will probably continue growing. Um, they will probably get to the point uh, where, um, and maybe you'll have to pay a fee to, to get one that is this good, but um, it will get to a point where you can ask it to write an encyclopedia article and it will just spin one out for you and it will be better than any wikipedia article any article at all in fact online um and that's it's uh, it sounds crazy um and certainly ai is nowhere close to being that good now but it's growing really fast it's getting scary good um and here's the problem um Basically, the, they can write anything they like. They don't. They don't like uh, if, if if the controllers of the chatbots um, don't like a certain point of view, they can be instructed to minimize that point of view. Uh, I don't know if if you've had this experience, but um, yes, I, with ChatGPT sure I, I use gpt4 mm-hmm. a lot i i actually like it quite a bit um but when i ask it certain questions you know yes. it it uh, it pushes back hard and you have to you have to make all sorts of qualifications to get any information out uh, yes. out of it all on a topic um so uh, we can we can expect that it's it's going to continue that way perhaps get even more sophisticated than it is now in fact i think that's fairly fairly likely um, we know that that the billions that are being shovelled into it into this um are by some of the most sophisticated manipulative uh companies out there and and of course governments um that will use this for their own intelligence operations um i mean it's what they do now we know this it's not a conspiracy Mm. theory um so i mean how how should we respond i guess is the is the big question um one thing i i would say is we should resist the tendency to just believe Um, whatever a chatbot tells us, that's going to be just so important um, going forward. Um, The the truth, one thing that a lot of people do, do not know until they have had a proper education is that the truth is inherently complex. It is colored by new facts that we learn and um, something can look like a positive lie which is 100 percent fact stating simply by being uh simply by adding a few other salient facts to to a collection of facts um and i i find that that is certainly the case you know um i could give you any number of examples but anyway enough about that so the the response um that that uh, we need to do with with the encyclosphere is this first of all we need to find all of the encyclopedia articles in the world that contain answers so in other words the training data or if necessary write new articles that contain the training data um, make uh, a new sort of uh chatbot system that works like this You ask it a question, it takes your question and it looks through. It does it actually does a search, a a real search, not not doing its own usual sort of A.I. processing, but does an actual search through the encyclosphere looking for answers. And it identifies the most relevant answers in different articles, right? Encyclopedia articles. And then it, it uh, gives you um, the the answers instead of answering for itself. It quotes the answers written by human beings with links back to the original sources. I think if, if that can be done... Um, I think the jury is out a little bit about how well that can be made to work. But I think it can be made to work. Um, It's it's easy to see how it could work anyway. Are you suggesting,
1: Larry, that uh, the, the collective human input will still be superior to whatever AI will will bring in terms of knowledge, I guess?
2: Well, um, I'm not sure about that. To be quite honest, I, I don't know. Yeah, no, no. Listen, I I, I think that that um, when you ask a certain very specific question, um, it is frequently frequently the case that there isn't an answer to that very specific question in in the knowledge base of of uh, everything that has ever been written and is now available mm-hmm. on the internet. That's just, I mean, not. That's just how, how, that's the nature of human intelligence. It's endlessly creative. Uh, it's, it's extremely easy to come up with a perfectly meaningful um, five or eight word sentence uh, and a string of, of, of words. And it, you just can't find it anywhere online. Right. So th- the point is that, that um, if, what you're looking for is a specific answer to a very specialized, um, unique sort of question. A chatbot is always going to give you a better answer for that reason. Um, but if you have a general question, you're just looking for general background information or you want to ascertain some some well-known fact, then... Um, I think that uh, the, the sort of front-end chatbot for the encyclosphere, the, the information concierge of the encyclosphere um, would, would be better and more reliable. The real advantage of, of the, the uh, encyclosphere's information concierge would be, a great advantage would be that it um, is reliable in the sense that you know it's written by a human being and you can figure out what it what the human being's biases are whereas it's a black box when you're dealing with an AI right with a chatbot mm. you don't know how it came to the answer or what its sources ultimately were it's um so it's uh i mean let's put it this way even if somebody does a future study of the reliability of information generated by chatbots in 20 years, say, when they've, they've gotten much better, and, and just like uh, hallucination is a thing of the past, um, you still will not uh, want to trust the chatbots, for certain kinds of information because you know that the chatbots are still controlled by human beings. Um, and they're still programmed by human beings, and they can still have a certain or they can reflect the, the data that you might disagree with in its training data. Um, mm. And and therefore you need more information about what the source of the information is. And, and this is why Wikipedia has footnotes. So the chatbots of the future at least have got to have footnotes. Now, GPT-4 actually does have something like that. It doesn't work very well in, in my experience. Maybe they will improve in this regard. And um, I suppose that would be a start, but even there, I don't know that I would trust it because as also on Wikipedia, people can misuse footnoting, they can like put a footnote on something and cite some source that doesn't exist or that that um, that doesn't say what they say, uh, that it doesn't say what uh, Wikipedia says it says, or or um, it's just a biased source, <laughs> so. Mm. Larry Sanger, don't go anyway. I'll be back with
1: you
0: shortly. My name is Jim, this is TNT. It's been said that when someone you love has Parkinson's, you have Parkinson's. The truth is Parkinson's disease doesn't just affect the diagnosed. It affects everyone who supports and helps care for them. Worldwide, over 10 million people are living with Parkinson's, a neurological disease that affects movement. And with so many places to search for information, it can be difficult to know where to begin. The Parkinson's Foundation has answers, answers for everyone in the fight. We can help you understand the disease, help you find expert care, give you tips for living a better life, share the latest research, help you find local support, and there's a free helpline you can call. Find your answers and join us in the fight against Parkinson's. To learn more, please go to parkinson.org or call 1-800-4PD-INFO. The Parkinson's Foundation. Better lives together.
2: I often
1: forget to mention that he's an amputee because Abel will try any activity
2: he can. My arm helps me with basically everything. He doesn't see what he can't do, he sees what he can do. Yeah, this is helping.
1: The War Amps has just given him the ability to do all the activities
0: every kid can do.
2: When you donate to the War Amps, you help kids like me. Thank you! TNT
1: you're with Jeremy Nell on today's news talk radio TNT Larry what is the difference between the encyclosphere and let's say a search engine like Google and let's say chat GPT
2: right um so they all three of them um, attempt to answer questions. They provide tools for answering questions you might have. You would use uh, Google for um, to, to find documents that that you're looking for online. Um, and and uh, it isn't necessarily focused on gaining knowledge per se. it can be like half of the time probably it is um but it's used for a lot more than that and because it's used for a lot more than that it isn't really fine tuned for knowledge um a chatbot um like gpt but there are many others and lots of uh, open source ones that are that are quite very okay <laughs> um and um i would say the the function of the chatbot is um well, it can give you a lot of of information. But the problem is that it uh, has a lot of establishment viewpoints mixed in with it. In other words, it's going to tell you what uh, the the people who program the chatbot or who were responsible for collecting the um, the training data want you to believe. Um, or or maybe it just it, it, it just happens to be that that's you know uh, it, it it has a in, at any rate it has a certain kind of uh, bias that generally reflects um what I would call an establishment point of view um and um now by contrast to all of that the encyclosphere is a meta search engine um you can think of it as a meta search engine of all of the encyclopedias. It's it's not just that. Um, uh, it, it, another aspect of the Encyclosphere project is simply to archive all of the encyclopedias, all the free encyclopedias at least, and also metadata about proprietary encyclopedias. Um, but uh, it's it's nice to have all of that in one place. Um, you know if if AI starts like rewriting reality at the way that some people are worried that it will, this, as I say, creates a, sh- a snapshot of of um, what was written by human beings at a certain time and that's I think going to be increasingly valuable. The fact that it's that it's limited to encyclopedias just increases its relevance for general, knowledge searches and that's actually a, a significant portion of um, of the searching that we do for information online which is like well what is X you have to look it up mm.
1: okay so just for clarity though when we talk about an encyclopedia what are we talking about
2: yeah it's um, a it's a good question. Um, I think there are there is a little bit of disagreement about it but um my my usual answer to that is is a general description of what is known about a topic um for for uh written for those who do not understand the topic um, but who are capable of understanding at least the the uh the basics of it—that's that's, that's a, a rule of thumb. Um, uh, but there are there are some variants, you know. There are some encyclopedias, like academic encyclopedias, they they don't really try to introduce topics so much as document um, what is known or what is believed or what has been written about the topic. Um, so uh it's there is more like knowledge documentation more than than a knowledge introduction um but uh something like wikipedia is is supposed to be um giving introductions to to um different different uh topics so one thing that it doesn't do generally speaking it's it's usually distinguished from um a dictionaries and dictionaries give the meanings of words encyclopedias often do that but they usually do a lot more and there is a distinction to be drawn between the meanings of words and facts about the things that the words are about so you can you can like give a dictionary definition of lion right without sharing very many facts about lions for example so um and there's a lot of other distinctions to draw there but
1: well okay so but in terms of the encyclosphere would that include let's say biographies that are on blogs
2: I think it should I think it should so um, when I when I say a collection of all the encyclopedias really what I mean is all of the uh, all of the pieces of writing that resemble encyclopedia articles <laughs> um so <laughs> that, that that would include definitely um uh, some uh, some uh, reasonably objective bio that somebody might have written about himself even on yeah. a blog yeah for sure, why not? Um, that's exactly the sort of information that I'm looking for when when I um, am, am looking for information from an encyclopedia. Now, of course, people are capable of disagreeing. There say, well, no, an encyclopedia has to be objective. If it's not objective, then it's not an encyclopedia. So, if you wrote an article about yourself, it's not objective. So, how could it be an encyclopedia article? Well, I'm I, I tend to to uh, be a big tent, uh, you know, and let let people just give people the information that they need to judge the information right um and then and leave it up to them but but certainly if we if we start like collecting articles that are written on blogs we should say so in in the search results like you know this is right. this is from a per- personal blog or this is from a group blog or whatever uh,
1: so what happens though when you allow that and you end up with the rather primitive consequence of just terrible spelling and terrible grammar.
2: Yeah, yeah, um, and and other sorts of problems. Well, uh, I think the the thing to do in such cases is, um, is very straightforward. Um, there are going to have to be some human editors or some human editorial system at some point. Now, as soon as you start talking about that, though, um, the, the Specter of of um bias looms again and centralization um so I, I think that as part of the 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 concept of the encyclosphere that I've been um, developing now we haven't actually worked on the software much on this just some just some proposed standards for this but uh, there needs to be a decentralized encyclopedia, um, rating and ranking system, um, and it needs to be decentralized in the way that the encyclosphere itself is decentralized. I should be able to um, post, according to a certain, say, markup language, right, um, a, a a set of, of uh, reviews of encyclopedia articles about things i know about and put it out there and if, if people think that i'm um, a trustworthy person as a reviewer then they could like add add my reviews to their collection of mm. of um um reviews to trust. And then maybe a search engine uh, of the the search engines of the future of the encyclosphere um, would be filtered by such ratings. So, I mean, it really all depends on how much participation um, Mm. there can be in a project like this. Larry, um, is
1: bias actually a problem? Let me let me ask that differently. So I'm a Christian, uh-huh. and with that comes a framework of values that I wake mm-hmm. up with every morning of my life. I'm obviously going to be leaning towards those when I look for certain information. Now I know, I know what to expect by and large when I go to Wikipedia. Uh-huh. Uh, so that that so that doesn't bother me. Um, I can just dismiss what I what I find doesn't suit my own biases. I uh, suppose what I'm asking is. D- is uh-huh. it actually a problem to have biases?
2: Well, um, I think it it depends on um, your on the kind of searching that you're doing. Like, uh, I also am a Christian, and I, I do no small amount of of uh, reference lookup about like Bible stuff. Um, yeah, and, yes, and and in fact, I use. Um, the Encyclosphere and GPT and occasionally uh, an old-fashioned search engine. Um, And uh, I know when I, when I do search of such topics, um, you know, there's a, a lot of the, a lot of the reference works that are written from a Christian point of view are written from a reformed point of view, because, you know, the reformed camp is the, or mm. the, are the eggheads uh, of the Christian world. <laughs> I would have, yeah, they, they, they would have uh, written most of the encyclopedia articles. Um, so, um and and uh it, it would be nice occasionally at least to to uh to have something that uh is is unbiased at least within a certain frame of reference yes so i wrote a long essay which can be found for free online in a couple of places called why neutrality and it's like 50 pages long um And um, there I addressed the question whether bias is even or rather whether neutrality is even possible, because, you know, it's possible to make a a certain sort of argument that, you know, um, that uh, even if you try to represent all points of view on a certain disputed question, um, generally speaking, you still limit yourself like um you can write an article um about uh gun control um but if it's written by an american for an american audience it's going to be restricted mostly to american points of view on the topic which would be look extremely biased to most of europe say um, and um so isn't that a problem uh well it it, it again it kind of depends um I think that when you are, when you are developing your beliefs, generally speaking, um, you should have all of the relevant information, and it should be up to you to decide um, what uh, what you're going to believe once you've been given all of the relevant information. It respects it. It, it respects your judgment. Um, let's put it that way. Mm.
0: Um,
2: and this is this is like the the hard challenging approach to belief formation right yeah. i mean, this is this is the weightlifter you know the intellectual weightlifter approach to um to doing it it's like you you have you have to take everything on your shoulders you have to um be responsible for uh for understanding the background that you need to understand so i i would I would say that generally speaking sometimes, yes, I just want a Christian point of view on a certain Bible topic, for example, right? And that that is very clear. But sometimes, um, I Mm. specifically am looking for, you know, um, views critical of Jesus in the first uh, three centuries of, of, uh, you know, uh, the AD, you know? So, how do you, uh how do you get your hands on that information except from an unbiased source
1: so the the encyclosphere so to speak sorry I'm jumping in now Larry because if you look at the time we are almost clean out so I want to quickly give you the opportunity to promo uh the new project if you don't mind
2: okay sure thank you um Well, uh, I would encourage everyone to go to Encyclosphere.org and please sign up for our um, very occasional newsletter. Um, We don't try to sell you much. We don't try to beg for money much. Um, it's mostly just a progress reports. And uh, and if you are at all intrigued by the sorts of things that I've been saying and you're a developer, then um, we'd want to talk to you at our Mattermost um, account or Mattermost instance. It's uh, mm.encyclosphere.org. Um, the main website is encyclosphere.org. That's the, the website of the Knowledge Standards Foundation, but it's all about the Encyclosphere project. And uh, if you just want to do some cool searches, just try it out. Um, go to encycloreader.org. And for, um, for a version that includes all proprietary encyclopedias, it'll be encyclosearch.org.
1: Larry Sanger wow what an absolute pleasure chatting to you thank you for joining me in the trenches i will definitely have you back if you don't mind uh this is a a fairly big topic i want to cover some more of this sort of knowledge information sphere thing but for now send me an email germwarfare at tntraday.live i'll catch you tomorrow on behalf of joel alex and myself my name is germ this is germ warfare the battle of ideas